talk right. louder. You talk louder. You don't Speak. tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me, Kyle. Uh, You're not the boss of me, I said. Suck it. Um, Jerk. We're, we're rolling, dude. Yeah. Freaking what's up, man? But not rolling like on the, not rolling like on the um, ecstasy or nothing like that. <sighs> no. Just on the just on the audio. The audio is rolling. Yep. Meaning we're recording. What is this? What are we doing here? Fuck if I know, dude. <laughs> Podcast? Yes. What's the name of it? Recovered AF. That means as... Fuck. Yeah, and what what do we usually talk about? Well, we usually talk about something recovery related. Um, we have guests on the show. Oftentimes, we mm-hmm. ask them their stories, their mm-hmm. experience with the twelve step, what what happened, and and uh, you know what happened to them as a result of them taking the steps, and what's their life look like, and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. But, We're not uh, affiliated with those things, no, are we? No, that, that's right. I don't want anybody to be confused like uh, you and I are members of two separate two separate 12-step programs, first of all. So we definitely can be re- representing a 12-step program. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and I think those programs have developed um, a system uh, of guidelines that they refer to as traditions that uh, are there to help those fellowships uh, survive and uh, out of respect to individually being members of those, we, we would try and follow those even though our podcast, The Recovered AF Podcast, is not affiliated with those 12-step groups. We still try and uh, appreciate those boundaries because we're not trying to step on any toes or we wouldn't want to cause any harm to the fellowships that uh, help saved our lives. All right. Yeah, I wasn't listening, but yeah, that all sounds really good. Cool. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. It's just like uh, you know, these are things that we. This is how we got well. But uh, again, we 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 say it every time. We're, we're, if those 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 groups don't have representatives, and they sure as hell wouldn't pick us to represent them. And I can assure you, uh, a colonized experience in those groups is in the minority anyway. <laughs> so yeah, we ain't the ones. We don't know shit. Nope. Okay. Especially you. Yeah, that's you don't right. Know a damn thing. Well, we we did get some pretty good feedback about the. Uh, oh, I'm talking boy. about written feedback, <laughs> yeah. not somebody once told me one time this thing. But uh, based uh, based on all the feedback we've uh, been emailed or all texted, the feedback. <laughs> we've had one email. <laughs> Your mom emailed us. Oh yeah, and she basically said in the nicest way possible, "Aaron, shut up." It's she the was, doors. She was so neutral. She wanted to pick. She wanted to go with my side, but she felt that was a slap to her son <laughs> in the no, face. I think what she and did so was she, she brought was, up a good point. She was very diplomatic about it. <laughs> that uh, Morrison died long before whatever the fuck's face. <laughs> has lived to make bad music forever. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I actually don't dislike the Beach Boys at all. I, I, I'm I neutral to their music. Yeah. I just don't think the Doors... To me, the Doors are like an iconic band that will last for eternity. And the Beach Boys are... <laughs> Yeah, and less than that. And I think we just see it differently because to me, the doors are like what I liked in junior high before I found out what good music was. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Beach Boys were the Beach Boys. Okay, if the doors were junior high, the Beach Boys were grade school, but I'm just talking about musical talent. Yeah. So I, uh, but yeah, we did get an email. My mom emailed and basically. Gave us no opinion. Other, she gave us good facts, but didn't pick a side. Yeah, which is she, frustrating. She has no opinion on that. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mom. I'm supposed to get my back. And then we got an email from 
Courtney. Courtney, who's been on the podcast, and she agreed with you. And she's incredibly intelligent, so she's and smarter she's, than either one of us. I think she's a bit of a musician, too. She played piano and all kinds of stuff. So I did uh, value her opinion. And then Zach, who's been on the podcast. Who is a musician. Laughed at the fact that you thought the Beach Boys were better. He laughed out loud when I was talking to him about it. So there's that. Fuck you, Zach. <laughs> I don't even know if he listens to our podcast. I doubt but, it. But he was like, are you serious? And laughed. And I was like, dude, I was trying to tell him. But well, he's also, maybe the doors just missed your generation. He's 12, man. Boomer. So yeah. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm just kidding. Fucking millennials. God. <laughs> Um, that's so funny. You're not even a boomer, are you? You're Gen X. No, but I think it's more about the uh, the old mindset. Yeah, what it means, right? The the intention behind what the fuck you're saying, Kyle. Like your dad jokes last night. Da I made dad jokes. Yeah, you had dad jokes on the ride home. Oh God, on the ride home, it was just <laughs> I was. Why don't you tell everyone? So last night, <laughs> oh, for my God. for my thirtieth birthday, um, this was really nice. I uh, Aaron and Amber. For my 30th birthday a few months ago, got us a... Uh, we went down to Denver to see Theo Vaughn, who's this pretty funny comedian. If you don't know him, he's freaking hilarious. And we were able to do a meet and greet with him and stuff. And it was, it was way fun. We had a great time. And why don't you tell them about the meet and greet, Aaron? Why don't you tell us what, was, what happened from your perspective? And then I'll... Anybody, anybody that has listened to our podcast probably can um, surmise by now that I fucking talk a lot. And uh, anybody that probably knows me outside the podcast, um, I do this shtick where I'm pretty full of myself. And it's like almost too ridiculous to be true, but it, it's partially true. And, uh, and so <laughs> I've never in my life been tongue-tied or I can't really say that I've ever been starstruck because I've never actually met anybody famous before. But uh, yeah, so we go to do the meet and greet and I was pretty nervous about it all day long. So about nine o'clock yesterday morning, my hands started sweating <laughs> and they didn't stop till the drive home. So this is what happens. So I, and I'm just like, I like having to meet a bunch of fucking strangers and fans for poor Theo seems pretty fucking terrible anyway. Yes, I would agree. So, so we get up there and I make everybody go in front of me because I'm like, I don't want to, my hands are just a fucking rainforest at this point. They're just sweating so profusely. Right. And so everybody goes up there and he hug, gives the gals a hug and shakes, um, my nephew's hand and shakes Kyle's hand. They hook up me a bro, bro hug. hug. Yeah. yeah, dude, we dapped up yeah. and they gave me a hug. And, and then, I was like, you killed I'm, it tonight. <laughs> and then I'm last. <laughs> and he goes to shake my hand. But my hands are so sweaty, I don't want to offer them up. But I'm also like, this has happened to me a time or two before. And I've just offered up, you don't want to shake my hands. They're pretty sweaty. How about we just... Which is a funny thing to say. Yeah. And <laughs> talking to a comedian, he'd probably laugh yeah. at that. Fist bump or something, right? But I didn't do any of this. I couldn't say a fucking word. I just offered my fist up to him yes. for him to do whatever with. And so he just sort of looks at me with this look on his face like, what the fuck, man? And then he shakes my little nub that I offered up to him. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He went, my brother and I do this as a joke. Yeah. When he goes for a high five, I give him a fist yeah. bump and then we'll switch it. Yeah. And he did that yeah. unbeknownst to him that yeah. he was doing that. 
And so, uh, <laughs> and then you didn't even say anything. I didn't say one word. I stood there at the end of the picture. I watched us all get our picture taken, and I was getting ready to offer up something along the lines of, like, "Hey, man, um, some of us are in recovery, you know, and we just appreciate, you know, the fact that you're out here doing your deal and, and you're getting better as a sober person, you mm -hmm. know, in recovery or something along those lines, right. maybe, you know." It, my buddy Colin and I even have a podcast, you know, and I think that that's, you know. In some ways, we were inspired to do that by, you know, not just you, but, you know, several of you. And nope, I just sat there, offered a fist bump to a handshake, stood there weird at the end of the line, nodded, smiled, and walked off the stage. Oh, it was so <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah. Jesus. like this If it wasn't for Megan, we would have all been like, uh. Yeah. Because exactly. all I said was, dude, you killed it. Yeah. You were so fucking funny. That was all I said. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. I've been yeah. trying it. And then... Megan was like, we love your podcast. We listen to it a lot and yeah. like saved face for us. Yeah. Um, Xavier's <laughs> a pretty stoic and shy guy yeah. anyway, so he was probably not going to offer up anything. My, my Amber was wearing her recovered AF swag, and so I think she might have offered up her left hit. I noticed him pinch. look at it yeah, too, so, but he didn't say anything. No, I was he, hoping he might ask a question at that point. Yeah. I was ready to jump in. Yeah. Instead, I just fucking milled just, around like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> just gave him a freaking fist nub shake, yeah. dude. But, you know, like anybody that played sports with me probably could have seen this one coming. I'm what's known as, quote, practice player, Kyle. Okay, you yeah. get tight in the big moments. <laughs> That's right. right. I'm a bit of a head case, you see. <laughs> that I think there's something about that in our literature. Yeah. It's about getting tight at the absolute wrong time. Tight at the wrong time. <laughs> That's right. I tend to, mm, I'd say, overthink things. And so I spent a good... I don't know, 14 hours yesterday preparing for that meet and greet and what I might say <laughs> of all the scenarios that ran through my mind, fucking offering up a fist bump to a handshake oh and not saying shit was, was none of the, none of the preparations. And this is where I lacked, I lacked preparation. Our, our boy Jocko would have said, I didn't plan for all of the scenarios. Yeah, dude. Or any of them. I don't know what that was. Did you, did you visualize you should have visualized how am I going to say what's up to him. Instead, you just went. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping he would just go for a hug, and then I could bypass the handshake. He's going like, to hug a total stranger. <laughs> he, didn't he hug the... Well, yeah, but they're the girls and pretty they're girls. They're ladies. That, yeah. It's like it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I think my go-to was like... my. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. Let's just fist bump. You don't want to shake my hands. Yeah. But instead, I just weirded out. You just hit... Just so awkwardly too. <laughs> oh, it was so good, dude. Yeah, so uh, it was a great experience. Recovered as fuck. That's how we roll. And it was hilarious, dude. I've been to. I was. I was thinking, probably. I don't know, five or six comedy shows, six or seven, I don't know, somewhere in there, half dozen shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, I cannot remember laughing so heartily, so consistently for an hour as I did last night during yeah. Theo Vaughn's show. It was fucking hilarious so funny yeah. dude megan and i were literally last night sitting on the couch just telling retelling some of his <laughs> yeah, jokes just dude. laughing out loud yeah yeah I, I could hear megan laughing i could hear you laughing i could hear xavier like i could when you can hear the people around you laughing yeah it's pretty hilarious i literally like three or four different times just was dying laughing <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck yeah like, it just it's so funny dude. yeah he's uh you know, I, you know, and like, honestly, I was thinking like if I could have, cause I listened to his podcast and he's got an interesting childhood, a very, you know, unique childhood mm -hmm. upbringing. And I was just thinking this morning about that. And honestly, if I could just 
was going to say something, it would have been, you know, not in a meet and greet thing, but how cool it is is that all of that um, roughness that he had to experience and weirdness as a kid helped, you know, was the pressure that, you know, formed what he is today. But I mean, I guess that's what we, that's what we've all experienced, right? We've all had, I mean, shared experiences and unique experiences that form who we are, but, uh, I hear other comedians talk about him and that he's uh, what he's doing. Nobody else is doing. He's yes. one of a kind. Yes, a hundred percent original. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and we got to because even the other comedians, they were funny, right? You know, but they were they were they were comedians being comedians, right? And the shit he's talking, the shit he's talking about, I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the mind of a fucking insane person. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, dude. He and, was hilarious. Uh, yeah, and, and so he's it's not just, offensive, which is not, like offensive comedy can be funny, but it's not like that. Um, where you're kind of like, oh, this is uncomfortable to listen to, but funny because he's talking about it. No one else is like. Yeah. He's just. F- fucking funny you know there's that thing where if it's funny it's funny and if that also happens to be offensive then but it's funny right but like then if you're a listener trying to decide whether it's offensive offensive or funny that's probably not something as an audience member you just want to go laugh exactly yeah and that place i don't know how many people sit in it maybe 500 or so but it was like you could notice a difference Within the first five minutes, like the energy changed. It was so loud. Everyone was laughing so hard. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just from the minute he came out and started bagging on his opener. Yeah, that was hilarious. Just like, just from the very beginning, I was laughing so fucking Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. It was fantastic. And like his first words are like, I look like shit, man. Like (laughs) it was just so fun. Like rips on himself. Everyone's laughing. And then it just took off. It was way funny. Yeah. It was was a great birthday gift. Thank you guys again. Yeah, Yeah. you bet. It was so awesome. This is the thing though. All of the books that I've read, they're the talk about what's, what to spend your money on. And, uh, it's not shit, you know, I mean, uh, it's not things all the time. Like several different books of spend your money. They said money can buy you happiness if you spend it on experiences instead of status symbols. Yes, exactly. And so, like, uh, I just feel like I've gotten an opportunity to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, last year and this year. And like uh, in a few months, I'll get to go see Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers. It's probably the other way around. Sturgill's the headliner, but whatever. I'm, I'm more. I'm more about children, yeah. but uh, and also it's good for me. Like, uh, here's the thing: I like sometimes the idea of going doing those things, but mm-hmm. I have been insulated in my tiny Wyoming town my entire life. We didn't travel growing up. I'm not accustomed to it. And even making that run down to Denver last night, as you know, I mean, you know me as well as anybody. You could see, you could tell when I was getting uncomfortable and when I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's important for me to keep going and doing those things. 100%. And, yeah. Until, because um, I just kept reminding myself throughout the day. Because earlier, this is so weird. All right. So I guess this is kind of recovery related I think so. in the way that my brain works. But earlier in the week, I was already starting, I was like, so nervous for our trip i was starting to almost dread it Mm -hmm. because it was like there was that feeling of uncomfortability and at one point i had the thought like hey this is supposed to be fun what's (laughs) going on here man and then yesterday morning i was like you know it was the thing that had dan uh dr dana talked about and that you you referenced sometime just be 100 percent engaged in whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. 
in each moment. Yeah. And it was able to, for the large part, do that. Big time, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least compared to how I <laughs> would have handled that situation <laughs> yeah. before. Uh, so, I don't know. It's just good. It's it's that recovered life, though. I mean, yeah. I've seen shows um, before, and, uh, and they're great, but there was a dull to them because I was not able to experience them fully mm -hmm. because I was always heavily intoxicated or under the influence of opiates or both. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, and like for me, I, I really enjoy going and doing stuff and getting the experience. Cause like I always, ha I, I think you can relate just off of knowing you as I always think like if it's something, if we're doing something, I should know how to do it. Whether it's like traveling or, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's like I, it's something I've never done yet. I have this crazy idea that I should know how to do this and what to expect. And like, and I don't. And then that's what causes a lot of like in uncomfortable or insecurity or dread or whatever is like, yeah, I feel like I should know how to go do this and like put on a show of like, oh, I know where to go and I know how to do this. Yeah. And like, I don't. And then I'm really in turmoil. So traveling and stuff especially is good for that because it's like i just have to be okay with i don't know what the fuck to expect yeah. and like i don't i don't know we'll figure it out when we get there and that is going to be just fine and and in that respect amber and i are very much the same mm -hmm. as we were very structured and we want and us traveling together <laughs> yeah, fucking, we're so um tightly wound mm -hmm. when it comes to travel yeah and just like even in stockton when we went to go do a kayaking trip and uh, we, we couldn't get an Uber in Stockton, <laughs> apparently or we had to go all the way to Lodi and mm -hmm. ain't nobody was picking up that fare. So <laughs> then we didn't have a vehicle, but we already had the book, the trip booked. And I, I, I thought I kept it together. All right. Mm -hmm. Amber was coming. <laughs> she was not happy. Yeah. She was um, short. And then and some of that is just the way that also that mm, bless her heart she doesn't want me to get upset but yeah. uh yeah so and like the to what you were saying um i feel like an, i don't like feeling like an idiot right when i don't think i know what i'm doing i feel like an idiot yes and uh so it stresses me out mm -hmm. not knowing what i'm doing right yeah well and like i should like for me i have this out like internal pressure of like, I should know what I'm doing. I should know how to do this. And it's like, dude, I don't know how to get a vehicle in Stockton because I've never been to Stockton right. to get a vehicle. Right. So it's like, it's okay to not know something. But for me, it like hits on uh, inadequacy or something, yeah, you know, where it's like, sure. I feel worthless here because I, like yeah. for me, I, my dad always, and I think that's where I pull from is like, he always has his shit together right. and he knows everything. And anytime something's going on, it's like, oh, he knows what to do. He knows how to handle that. He knows exactly what we should be doing. He knows where to go. You know what I yes. mean? And so for me, it's like, I feel like a dummy because I don't know that. Yes. And what I failed to realize for a long time was like, at one point, he probably didn't know how to do that. <laughs> that's yet. right. And he had to learn, yeah, you know. That's right. It's like working on your house stuff. It's y like, yes, it can be daunting to not know how to fix something. And then I feel like an idiot and inadequate because I don't know how to fix something. But it's like, well, why would I? Right. I've never had to replace this thing before. Yes. What if, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. And traveling or doing anything, it kind of always, I have to just remind myself, like, it's okay that I don't, 
I don't know where to go through the comedy works and how to get there and and you know what I mean and and, yeah. and then the pressure's off of me and, and it would have yeah go ahead oh it just would have been cool I mean, we couldn't do it yesterday because we had didn't have this realization yesterday right. or I didn't but it would have been a nice reminder yesterday going into it to have this discussion that we're having right now. Yeah. And I guess that's the value of this podcast or having friends in the program mm -hmm. or a sponsor is just sometimes hitting on these things that seemed at one point in my recovery, this was very apparent to me probably after an inventory or maybe an, even an EMDR session right. or that this was going on. But uh, the way to handle those situations too is just to acknowledge to myself and also to the around, people around me, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous. We're just going to figure this out together. Yeah. But then also the other thing is um, in thinking I need to know how to do it before I've ever done it, I rob myself of the enjoyment of figuring it out. Yeah, and learning how to do yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it gets me out of just doing the thing yes. because I'm too concerned with not knowing how or what how it's going to unfold or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's – and I think that's just – how my mind works, you know, and then I tend to want to uh, be, I, I don't want to say a leader, but like a person that knows, like, it's okay, guys, I know what I'm doing, yes. you know, yeah. like, and so sometimes that can cause some tension because it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, and now I've, all of you, <laughs> you know me, you think I should know what I'm doing, and then it's like, dude, it's okay to just not know stuff. Yeah. And just, go and be a part of it yeah that's that's why i like being around megan so much she's just really good at just being like i don't know man we'll figure it out you know and very calm in a sense that like uh she doesn't have the expectation on me that i should know what i'm doing or on herself yes she she likes the fact that neither of us know what's going on and I struggle with that still because yeah. it's like, well, I think I should, you know. Yeah. So it's nice, like especially traveling. Traveling with her is very easy and we don't really have much tension because she's not looking at me like, dude, what do we do when mm -hmm. we're sitting in the middle of a <laughs> town in Mexico? Like, what, what are we doing? She's yeah. just like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, it's nice. And that's because she's well-traveled. Yeah, you know she's got the experience, so yes. I I end up kind of relying on her, not so much in getting us around or what to do, but just in her attitude about it. And then I'm like, okay, I can kind of be this way too. And then when I get tense, she's like, chill the fuck out, dude. It's okay. Yeah. And that's sort of what I realized when we went to Stockton. I was like, oh yeah, dude. Every time you travel, you have an idea of what it's going to look like, but you live in in a world where you control nothing. Mm -hmm. So you have no idea what it's going to look like. And so things are going to go wrong. They're not going to go wrong. But in, if I've already decided how they're going to go and they don't go that way, then I decide that that's wrong. Yeah. But then it's not really wrong. That's just how things went. Exactly. So I have to be open to the process in each moment and deal with each moment as it comes mm -hmm. and uh, not expect things to go anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? And, exactly. And so when I got home from Stockton, I was like, okay, log that in the bank for the next time. But then when the time comes, you know, I'm full of self mm -hmm. and I forget. And I don't remember our trip to Stockton. What instead I remember is our trip to go see Tom Segura, yeah. in which we got st stuck in traffic. Mm -hmm. We were late. We had to eat dinner at a different place. And, you know, it was almost traumatic. Right. You know, and so mm -hmm. that's what I remember instead of remembering, hey, man, 
it'll be whatever it is. Yeah. You know I mean, right. Well, and like, um, I think it's on Rogan's podcast. They talk about that a lot. Like human beings are instinctively wired over thousands of years of living that like the negative thing stands out because it's our instinct to survive. Yeah. So we don't remember the good stuff as much as we remember the bad stuff because that could have harmed us or caused us serious issues. Yeah. So it's like, I think human nature is, it's like an uphill battle where it's like, I've, my, my DNA is wired to have the negative stuff or the bad stuff stand out because that's, what's going to keep me alive. And the, the good stuff is, gets taken for granted. And so it's, it's like a conscious effort to, to do the opposite. Which is, like what we're doing in our 12-step program. Exactly. Right? We're, you know, living in a very, um, in, in a way that aligns with our human nature has caused us de- detriment to the, you know, mm-hmm. to no end. Yeah. Whereas uh, now what we're trying to do is is uh, live a very spiritual eg- existence and, mm-hmm. and practice principles that are spiritual in nature and, uh, and all of the human... Uh, qualities that, w- that were our survival skills up until this point are no longer serving us or not serving us to the extent that they once did. And now it's trying to find that crossover and, and doing the opposite of those things and just saying, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it will work out. Having faith, having reliance, yeah, um, trust and all of those things. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's where the, the challenge is, is part of that is kind of that different, that spiritual experience, you know, it's a psychic change where we start to look at it differently than we always have. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, for me, I, I talk about it a lot. I say this a lot. If I could do that without a 12 step program, I wouldn't need a 12 step yeah. program or participate in mm-hmm. one. But for me, that's, that's some of the benefit I get out of a 12 step way of life is, I don't have the power or the ability to have a psychic change on my own yeah. and to change my perspective on my own. Like I need to have help. So that's what the 12 step world in a relationship with God and all that stuff is for, for me. And some of the, some, some, a lot of people are pretty good at p- putting the stuff into practice that mm-hmm. are not, uh, that are pretty well-rounded, seemingly happy individuals. And I don't know if it comes to them intuitively or if they were taught through their parents or maybe they have an own, church or however they get Mm -hmm. that place but yes i am the same as you and that i found it in a 12-step program to the level that i'm willing that i'm willing to apply that into my life Mm -hmm. um at a at a very minimal level it'll remove the obsession to drink and to do drugs and i you know know that people then that's good enough Mm -hmm. but um the more that I apply it and the, and the deeper I go with it, the greater the effect that it has. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, like what we've just been talking about is all like spiritual principles in action, traveling or at work. You know what I mean? Like that's, to me, it's not limited to, oh, I apply this stuff so I don't drink. It's like, oh, this stuff helps me navigate the world in a way that is, better for everyone involved including me you know yeah like old me could have been a disaster just last night just like i'm sure you could have and Mm -hmm. like it's like or 
you know, last night was a lot of fun. We yeah. had a good time. It was a really good experience. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, things work out just fine, you know, so. One good thing about the show itself is that, you know, for that hour and a half or whatever between the two, the host, the opener, and then the Ovan is like, um, I do get to get outside of self for that and just be completely engrossed in his show yeah. because it's that fucking funny. Right. And, uh, you know, be completely oblivious to those things going on around me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I yeah. What's going on with that? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's good shit. Yeah. It's real good shit. Okay. We'll see you next week. <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> what else is going on, dude? Oh, that's what I was thinking. Um, so like, um, my human instinct is oftentimes still not the, it's usually the paradox to what I think needs to be done in that I had a situation with work where uh, we were given some instruction to follow. I thought based on a technicality that that was not right. I still, I still honestly do not agree with the decision. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, wavering off of that but what i do with that and i thought you know initially and i spoke with you the thing to do was to fight about it i thought it was a just cause and it honestly it still may be i'm not even saying that like Mm -hmm. i uh i just i'm probably it's just not going to sit with me the decision and i think that there is a technicality and i think the technicality is there for a very good reason and this very specific reason but i was getting ready to go you know have a fight about it in a way that was going to be as unemotional and professional as I could do it. Mm -hmm. And I called you and had the plan and all these things. And then uh, my my boss was unavailable the day I was going to do it. And so, you know, I got like 72 hours passed before I had another chance at it. But by then the fight had left me. Mm -hmm. And I had realized that uh, I think the opposite is the thing to do, you know, uh, and Sermon on the Mount it's resist not evil Mm -hmm. you know that's the approach to take yeah is to uh comply and uh i don't know it just again my human nature even in a situation where i think that there's probably just cause for that still i don't think is the correct course of action yeah the spiritual nature of Mm non-resistance is the way to go in this case yeah See, and when we talked, my thought was to not do anything. Yeah. But it's like I'm not, just how I try to approach things today is like I'm not going to tell you don't do it. Yeah. You know, it's like, sure, man. You know, I, I, and, and that was what was kind of different about that call was it wasn't like a formal right. step, you know. But right. I was just kind of like, hey, man, if you're going to go fight this thing, like maybe kind of keep these things in mind. Yes. And then it was like, good luck. You know, yeah. whatever you're yeah. going to do is what you're going to do. Yeah. But like my immediate instinct was like, I don't know if that's worth fighting for yeah. and dying on that hill. But yeah, but whatever, you yeah. know, I'm not going to. Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So it was just kind of like a cool thing. But being removed from it because it's not happening to me. I look at it and go, yeah, maybe the move is just like uh, endure it, yeah. you know, like tolerate it, and that that is what it is. But I don't, I don't know. Again, and there's some things that, like in my life, 
it seems very uh very much one way and then after a, like you said a, a few days or whatever it's like i get the other side of it or the perspective of it from a different angle so it's um it's cool and i like to see people get there on their own i feel yeah. like there's less impact if someone just tells you hey don't do that that's yeah. not a good idea because yeah. of this it's like i don't know someone getting there on their own is like the whole point of this thing is i don't want to be relying on you to tell me how i should navigate the world i want to be able to rely on god and figure it out you know and that's the coolest part of what you've got to experience a little bit in sponsorship uh i mean a lot in sponsorship but lately is um you know you're Proteges come to you looking for answers. You offer them, I, I don't know. You get them into the work and let them, them and God figure it out amongst themselves. Yes. All the while sitting back, you probably have a pretty good idea of what you think you'd like to happen, but you don't. You truly don't know. Right. And so then to see that them come to that, it's pretty. Uh, it just affirms that this process works yeah yeah i think that is the biggest thing i get out of working with others is is having nothing to do with the outcome and still seeing things work out for them you know like yeah. they come to me and it's like i don't really know what the right move is here what i do know is that like the the action is still the the same well, like i should still go have a conversation with a power greater than me i should ask for guidance and direction i should keep in mind that i'm not trying to harm other people or whatever or you know whatever it is and then like i think the right answer will come to you and then what i have found is more often than not that is the case yeah that happens more and more is the right answer comes to them and and sometimes the right answer for them is what i kind of had in my mind and sometimes i'm like oh wow that's different than i thought it was gonna go that's cool yeah. like that's really it but um the less advice I give, the more room there is for a power greater than me to work. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, sense. well then, you know, if you involve yourself too heavily into the situation, it robs them of their relationship with a higher power. And, you know, like, as much as faith is a part of this, I mean, okay, so they make a decision based on faith and they, they get to see an outcome. So mm -hmm. then that reaffirms their faith and grows their reliance upon God. And exactly. Had you intervened in that in a way that was too much, then they're going to start looking to you. Right. Or their faith isn't going to be grown and they essentially get robbed of having that experience. Exactly. Because, like, if you called me and I'm like, dude, don't do it. That's a <laughs> terrible idea. I wouldn't even go down that way. I wouldn't even have that fight. It's like... You might you might listen to me, or you might go, well, Kyle doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. And, and but either way, you're not getting the clarity around the situation. It's getting skewed by my opinion. Mm -hmm. And what's cool is I don't have to give my opinion. All I can say is like, hey, maybe maybe just stick to a couple of these things that I know will will be beneficial, whether you pick it or not, and then you get to come to your own conclusion and then like you said it furthers or chat or whoever it furthers their own belief and faith and mm -hmm. stuff and it's not on me what about like pointing things out like not making decision but maybe okay so i had one where a guy I was working with um had had some good financial fortune mm -hmm. and had been um 
displaying that on social media in a mm-hmm. way that was I wouldn't consider very humble mm-hmm. and uh I didn't say anything and then I didn't say anything and then finally I was like um it was after he had done some work and it had something to do with the third step and mm-hmm. I pointed out that that might what he had written might not be in alignment with what his actions were doing and um that there may not be any humility in mm. um talking so freely on social media about the good financial mm-hmm. blessings that God had given him yeah especially when God was not credited <laughs> you know right and so do you ever cuz i just that's a that's a tough one for me where i'm i can just like Basically, for just long story short, and I'm sure people have seen it in me. I don't want anybody thinking that I'm coming off some mountaintop here, but I can see somebody being a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, hey, you know, hey, take a look at your behavior right yeah. now. Do you think that maybe it's um, arrogant? Do you ever step in in those, or do you just still sit back and uh, say you don't, you don't know, man? God's got a plan for them to learn, and you're gonna let them learn that in whatever time it might take. Do you have an approach to that? Uh, I, I think currently I, I do nothing, um, currently, um, in the past I've, I've given pointers and I think that there's healthy sponsorship that does that. Like, I think that is a a healthy approach is like, I might be able to see the hill you're about to fall down or whatever, you know, because I've been through it myself or whatever. And I have experience, but, uh, Currently, I think if I've got a guy that's maybe not on where on the on the path that it that looks like it's a healthy one, I think me intervening is doing the same thing. I think my role is really if that guy wants to meet and talk about it, I'll sit there and talk with him. But if God, I don't know, you know, like I have an experience with us with a sponsee who was pretty open to making an amends and I didn't really think it was one that he should make and I didn't say anything and then a few weeks went by and he came around to the conclusion he didn't think he should make it either and I didn't say anything about it I was like if you're open to doing it man I don't know maybe give it a shot I was like I don't know and I didn't give my opinion at all and he eventually came around like I don't think it was, I don't think that's the right time I don't think my motives are in the right spot I think that I'm got a different idea in mind and and I didn't say anything, but it inside it was almost killing me to be like, dude, don't fucking do it. But I didn't because um, I don't know. Like I think if he made it, it probably would have worked out still. And I can I ask a question about that? Yes. And I don't. I know that you can't be too specific about some of these things because we're talking about somebody else. And but uh, in regards to um, uh, delaying on amends. The book says that, you know, we should not delay if it can be avoided. Mm -hmm. But there are some cases. And that's a real tricky line for people like me that don't want to go make amends Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm going to find reasons why it should be delayed. So I would almost uh, never uh, tell somebody to delay an amend. But just knowing you and, uh, you know, if you don't think it's a good idea... I believe that it's not a good idea. And then he came to that realization on, on, on their own. Can you like, as generally as you can describe what that might look like delaying an amend? Yeah. And, and for me, delaying, it doesn't mean that we never do it. It just means that hopefully as I continue to work a program of action, my intention behind the amend changes. (laughs) 
and then I'll make it for the right reason. Like the amend needs to be made. I just looking at that one individually, I didn't think it was the appropriate time. And there's other ones out there that we could be going out and getting pretty easily. So it could be like, um, I'm not making that amend to repair any damage. I'm making that amend to earn favor with that person. Exactly. To get back in their good graces. Or because if I make that amend, um, maybe I'll have a financial reward at the end of it or something. You know what I mean? Or maybe I'll look like the the hero or I'll look like uh, I'll be able to to earn their respect again or something like Mm that. For for me, the way I try to coach people through amends is like if any of that is going on, we're probably not in the right area. Yeah, our intention just to be sin- sincerely set right the wrong. Yeah, to make it right. Like yeah. if I'm going there because I want something else other than to make it right, I'm probably got some ulterior shit going on that yeah. that I. And this is where like I have to um, have trust and faith that like whatever that dude does. He's going to be okay one way or the other. He's either going to fuck it all up and it's going to blow up in his face and God's going to have to help him out in that area anyways. Or he's going to rely on God and realize that maybe this isn't the right time to do it. Um, but like for, for me, I used to kind of give more advice on amends. Like this one is a definite. You need to go do that one. Mm-hmm. And this one I don't think you need to do. Let's not let's not look at this one right now. Now I'm, I'm much more removed from that process and if they're feeling moved by the spirit to go make that who am i to say don't like if you think so but i don't know like i just don't think it's my job to save people from life correct you know like they're they're gonna experience it and um my my job is to just show up and and when what when they are experiencing life we can talk about it and walk through the the highs and the lows the pitfalls and the the triumphs and all of that and you, does that make any sense yeah and because i've seen it the other way where i've seen maybe um uh, a mentor get too involved with their protege's life mm-hmm. and uh i mean i mean heavily you know pretty you know like uh almost like a parent mm-hmm. and uh it, the relationship can become unhealthy mm-hmm. and um, the person can then place their reliance upon that person who's a human power right rather than God exactly and so uh, and and then I've I've seen uh, you know unfortunately one of those you know relationships not end well uh, you know with two people that generally loved and cared for each other but uh, mm-hmm. then when it was time to break the ties it, it sort of got ugly and it's just two very spiritual people too you right. know it's bummer that you that does happen. Yeah. And for me as a sponsor, um, I don't believe that the role of a sponsor is to give advice. I think a role of a sponsor is to just point you back to a relationship with God and the the work and, and to share my own experience with it. You know, I've made amends that I shouldn't have made and I've, I've gone about them in a way that wasn't very spiritual at times. And I've gone into an amends, you know, the first amends I ever made, I had an ulterior motive for, and I was expecting him to say sorry too. And, and, you know, like I, I fucked it up, you know? And so like I can share those experiences and that's generally where if someone's like, Oh, I'm kind of a little nervous about this, or I'm not sure about this. If I have experience with it, I will share what has happened to me, but I will, I, I really try not to to tell them what to do. 
So, you know, I've made amends to people that um, other people might have said you probably shouldn't have, you know, and I've made amends to other um, other people that, like, uh, it took me a long time and everyone was like, dude, why are you not making this? You know, so I think everyone gets their own experience and my job isn't to get involved and guide that experience. My job is to just let you have the experience and then when when you have it, we can see what happened, you know. I've got another question now about more amends. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of questions, but I'm wondering about like um, uh, coaching prior to making amends. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why I asked is we had, um, what was the other Dan's podcast's episode's name? I don't know. Um, Gets to Live Life Today, that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, Dan. Get, and uh, he had sponsored me for a while and... One thing that I liked that he did that I don't do <laughs> that I probably should do was before I went and made amends, he was like, come over and practice. Okay, I'm this person and uh, you you be you and you say, okay, give, come, with, come to me with your approach. And I was like, and, and always in my mind, I had, a, I had that they would just listen to my spiel and then uh, probably not say a lot and mm -hmm. then we would go our ways. And I would, I started in with him and he'd be like, why did you do that, Aaron? Why? And then I would like start to explain my, justify my behavior. And mm -hmm. he would stop me and be like, nope, you don't get to just about, you don't get to justify your behavior. That's not an amend. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Why did you do it? Because you were only thinking about yourself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why you did it. Yeah. And so he, in, in a way that wasn't, but it, you know, and, and so it got me. Um, practiced at those and then most of my amends were like I said my thing it was super awkward mm -hmm. I offered them up a chance to speak you know and then that happened and but then I won I did one time when I was on a 10th step I'd caused harm mm -hmm. I was <laughs> fucking so stupid and I had to call this person and and cop to what I had done mm -hmm. and and he was like why did you do that and I was able to say I have no good reason why, because I didn't consider you. Mm -hmm. That's why I did that. Yeah. Because I didn't consider you at all. I'm an inconsiderate person. Yeah. And uh, it, I don't know, I paid dividends in Hell those yeah. things. And so I was wondering what, I mean, do you just go through the instructions in the book? Like, okay, we, you know, hey, you might still have a, re you know, you might still have a problem with this person. You just put your bit, you know, put the bit in your mouth or, you know, don't dodge your creditors and this is how we do that. And do you just go through the book or do you ever coach them up, like do mock amends or anything? So I haven't, but I also feel like I might fall short sometimes in like preparation for an amends with, with sponsees. So listening to what you're talking about makes a lot of sense. Um, generally what I will give we'll talk, we stick to pretty basic, concise language of like, here's what I've done. This is how I believe I've caused harm because of it. Is there anything else that I've left out? What can I do to make it right? And that's about it. And, and then I kind of just say like, fill in the blank, like, here's what I've done, right? I... I stole money from you and then uh, I blamed it on this guy or whatever it is. And it's like, this is how I believe I've caused harm. I believe I've caused you financial harm, not to mention I've broken your trust. And, um, you know, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine what else. So is there anything else that, that I have done? And then whatever that is, 
is what it is. And then what what can I do to make this right? And if it says I want you to pay me back the money, then to me that is the amend itself, is the thing I have to do to make it right. Mm. Everything else up into that is the approach for me. That's kind of how I've always done it. But but it gets tricky and like things like that where someone might intervene and go, well, well, yeah, why did you do that? And then it's like, well, because I was, and then all of a sudden you're right. You know, it's like, it's easy to kind of point the finger back at someone. Yeah. yeah. I had to get used to saying, I have no excuse for what I've done. Yes. Why did you do that? I have no excuse. What I did was wrong. Yes. There is no excuse. See, that's good. That's really good. Um, doing, treating somebody blah, 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 blah mm-hmm. way is never okay. Yeah. Right, I got learned. I learned how to say those things through that coaching process. Yes. The other thing, one more question That's about really amends, um, is so um, I've heard it two ways. Like right? we make our approach um, that asking them, you know, what can I do to make this right? I've heard it said is then putting the onus on them. Um, hmm. Yeah, and and so if when we make our approach, we tell them what we will do to make it right now i don't know if that's right or that's wrong mm-hmm. i've done it both ways mm-hmm. okay so like um i've gone to people and i've like i've done this da, da, da. you know is there anything else you know is there is there an action i can take to make this right to re- set right this wrong is there something i can do or say right that is going to you know repair this damage but i've also like i lost my cousin's baseball glove i had no idea that i lost his baseball glove but he told me <laughs> fucking 15 years later mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, all right, well, you lose somebody's shit, you just go fix it, right? And right. so I decided what the what the approach would be. And so I just um, go buy the glove and then I go make it. Um, thus, uh, you know, skipping out on that part. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if you've had experience or is it is it always what can I do in having that conversation or is it ever, cause I was always, you know, like if the most simple ex- explanation for amends is if you fucking, for the people that would like to say sorry, instead of making an amend, if you plow some guy's fence, you don't go apologize for plowing through his fence. You rebuild the fence. Mm-hmm. That's an amend, right? Right. Um, have you ever, do you have experience with both approaches or is it always one or is it always the other? I have always been myself and take taking others through the work, asked the question of what, what I can do to make it right. Mm. Um, and for me, that doesn't mean it's right. That's just what I've experienced so far. And the only reason why is because like the way it was explained to me is if I'm going to, just assume what's going to fix it. I'm kind of taking control of the situation and minimizing Mm -hmm. what you might say. Cause you Mm -hmm. might say, you know, I'm going in, what can I do to make it right? And, and they tell me something that's not even close to what I would have come up with on my own. Right. And so I don't think either one's wrong though, because like, it's very easy. Like I stole a hundred bucks. I owe you a hundred bucks. Right. Or I, I lost your shit and I owe this shit back to you. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think either one of them is wrong. I guess what I, what I think the biggest, not the biggest, one of the biggest parts of the amends though is being humbled enough 
to not try to assume I know what's best. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know anything, you yes. know? So yeah. it's like, if I say, what can I do to make it right? And you say, give me my baseball glove back or give me a new one. Then I, then I can do that. But I, I get what you're saying where it's like, now they have to. So it's like, a, I don't know. I think they're probably both right. And I think the realm of the spirit's much bigger that I don't think that like you're going to go wrong. Yeah. The, the act of being there and willing to do that and like showing up and actually having that conversation, I think God fills in the rest with what's supposed to happen. I think that sometimes maybe intent might play a part in it too. Exactly. Uh, if I just want to run the show and making the amends, then I'm just still running the show. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a difference between not wanting to put an onus on somebody else and wanting to run the show myself. Right. I think I tend to do the, um, this is what I'm going to do to make it right more in like 10 step amends. Like I've had one with my supervisor mm -hmm. where I was like, you know, it's not okay to speak to somebody that way. It's none of my business what you do, blah, 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 blah. And then I would say going forward, I will treat you in a way that is respectful and professional. Yeah. And so more, more along the 10th step stuff where mm -hmm. we set right any new wrongs, I sort of just, went about it in that approach which which makes sense because at that point you've probably been through enough amends and through the work long enough that you have at least some intuition on what what you should be doing yeah so based on the harm i caused right yeah. based on what the fuck you do at work is none of my business yeah and that makes sense i i think when i make them i generally will say something like that like moving forward i'm gonna try to um like I made an amends to a guy that works for me and it was like moving forward, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to work on being less involved in what you're doing and give you the trust to, to, to go forward and do this and not have me micromanage you. Um, and then it was like, is there anything else? And that kind of be like, it'd be really cool if whatever, then I kind of still, I think having at least giving someone an opportunity to speak is important. Yeah, I probably, you know, I, again, I think, I think, uh, then this is probably me not just wanting to hear not, the truth is what it is for me. Well, it's just, I, I was thinking it's not, it's not me willing to be humble enough to mm -hmm. offer that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I am, it's awkward for me. So I just assume that it'll be awkward for them. Right. And Which is probably uh, true. Yeah. You know, they're probably, they're always kind of weird. They're like, what? Yeah. What is going on here? And so I'm just going to skip that part and go with like, I'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got my word. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Which makes, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I think for me, the part of amends is just kind of understanding, like, uh, I need to be humbled in that moment. It is the humbleness. It right. is the awkwardness, yeah. right? And right. if I, if I, mm, and I've done it, gosh dang it, you know, I, and I was thinking this, sorry, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I was thinking this morning, like we talk about recovery a lot and we talk about the steps and the work and stuff and we try and come out of the books the best as we can, but I don't want anybody to think that I'm fucking acing it. You mm -hmm. know, I've, I'm not, I right. just need to, I felt I needed to clarify that because I'm a human and I fuck things up and for sure, you know, I'm, I'm, I know there are areas in my 12 step world that I could prove on today. Mm -hmm. Um, but so anyway, so yeah, I, I've just, uh, I've shortchanged that part of the process in the past yeah. uh, of the amend process and, uh, you know, trying to put a bow tie on that and in order to save myself. And I believe them 
some awkwardness, but then that's self-manifesting in the amends process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, the I've done just about anything in the recovery world wrong, mm-hmm. at least one. You know what I mean? That's how I know that it's wrong because it didn't it didn't feel good or it didn't end up right or it it didn't sit well with me after the amends. You know, I've I've had multiple conversations with my mom about stuff, you know, Mm because it's like I just don't, the first time it was kind of just like, I'm really sorry, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like a shit amends. And then one time, you know, my mom, I was over there and my mom cuts my hair because she was a hairstylist for a long time. And I would, we just had a conversation. I was just like, I, I'm aware that I really caused a lot of harm. And, and if there was something I could do to make it right, I'm willing to do that. And if, if there's something that you, you're thinking, then I'm willing to do that. And it just, it felt different. You know what I mean? It came from the purity of, of being honest and not trying to like understand or sway it. It was just like very, for me, it was very real. And like, I meant it from the bottom of my heart that mom, like if there's something I can do, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. Whatever it is. And like, it just was a different conversation than any time yeah. I've ever tried to have a conversation with my mom before. Mm-hmm. And the end result was almost the same, but it just, the like you said, the intention behind it was different. I wasn't trying to save face or rush through it. It was just like, I freaking, I get it, you know. I, and I think, I think Ryan, when he was on here, talked about the amends process and alluding to it being never ending, you know, and he, people saying I'm done with my amends and mm-hmm. him not understanding that and, I think that's probably, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but as I'm listening to you and, and hearing that, that's what that is. It's not that I dodge any of my amends, mm-hmm. right? I make the approach on everyone I can. Exactly. Um, but in that, it's uh, we're, we're evolving, and especially the people closest to us and our relationships are evolving, and we gain better understanding, hopefully, as time goes on right. and uh, have a little bit better you know, as people trust us more, the the things that we're telling them have a little more value than they did when we first showed up. Oh, exactly. If I were to sit down with my parents, you know, in-laws again, I mean, that one really sucked, man. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to say. I was like, I know I've only been sober like six weeks, but I'm at that step now and I have to do this. Yeah. May I have some of your time? And uh, I, I suppose sitting down with him, you know, almost three years later would probably be a little bit different. There would be a little bit more depth and uh, belief in what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, what what I, like the amends never being over is because generally, like when people, I think that just what people say is like, oh, I'm done with my amends, means they've made all of their approaches. Right. Right. Yeah. Everyone that's on my list, I've made an attempt to, to talk to. Yes. And and. Like for my mom, when we had that conversation before, she talked about like my brother and I's relationship being mm. fractured. Yeah. And like a couple of weeks ago, my brother was going through some stuff and like he spent an hour in my office at work. We closed the door and we talked for like an hour and we just talked about life stuff and just like he was talking about stuff and like I was offering, you know, like I think is like for me, I'm really impatient, you know, and like yeah. we just talked and that was never a thing before, you know? And like that is part of the amends process for my mom and my brother is just like being there for my brother and us having a relationship where like he can feel comfortable coming and talk to me. And it's not like he came in looking for advice, but we just ended up having this hour long conversation where like, 
I left and I was like, I've never talked to my brother. We've been brothers for 30 years. I've never talked to him like we just talked mm. and just had like this really nice experience. And like, I didn't, I feel like an idiot because I'm telling people now, but like, I, I didn't bring it up to anybody. I didn't go tell my mom or oh, Josh and I, you know, mm-hmm. but it was just like this very real moment. And for me, it's like the amends aren't over. Like I have to show up and be a brother every day and be a son to my mom every day today and not just one time when I go to her and <laughs> humble myself. Because then that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I have to follow through with a lifetime of action. Exactly. And our, our literature says that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a long process. Yeah. And so it isn't ever over. Some of them are, right? My, my financial amends are done. Yeah. But I also carry that lesson into my financial life today, too, where it's like, I don't get a credit card and max that motherfucker out and stop making payments and stuff. Like my financial amends carry over into like, I need to live a better financial life today. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, I completely understand with what, what Ryan was saying. And I would agree. Like it's a forever deal, not just a one time off. Yeah. I had the conversation. We're good type of thing. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. We're an hour in. Yeah, we can stop. Okay. I feel like all we've done is talk about me. So I I thought I don't think so, man. I think we both feel like that every time. Um, We have an Instagram. It's Recovered AF Podcast. Check it out. We got a picture up with. uh, We did that meet and greet, and Theo Vaughn took a picture with us, which was really cool. He's taller than I thought. Yeah, he's like six one. I bet. Yeah, he's a tall dude. Um, which is cool. I think you know. There's I don't know. (laughs) And he took the time to look at the photo and be like. You know, the people in front of us, he's like, that one looks like shit. Let's redo one, like, where all of us have our eyes open. You know, like, he was, he's a thoughtful guy. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then we have a... um, Gmail. Yep. Recovered AF. Podcast. Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Email uh, us and tell Aaron he's wrong that he thinks the Beach Boys are better than the Doors. Um... I think that, yes. I was going to try and word it in a way that was, like, more diplomatic. And... Look, they're not necessarily my kind of music, but um, they're yeah, they're fucking way better than the Doors. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I remember also, when I was in seventh grade, I thought the Doors were cool. I was gonna pull a hail mary. I haven't even talked to you about this, but Randy, who was on the podcast last week, is a big fan, and she emails us and stuff. And I don't think we we would be opposed to entertaining doing that with other people. Would you? What people that listen? Yeah, if they like listen and they were like, "Dude, I I really wanted to talk to you guys or whatever." Like, I think it would be cool to open that avenue. You know, we have looking at our statistics and stuff. It doesn't show exactly where people are, but we I think we have quite a bit of a loyal listeners. Yeah, I think the people that are listening now are just the same folks that are listening. We've, yeah, we we started off slow and then we and then we hit a, a peak and then we've leveled back out and i think this is probably a little more accurate representation of how many people listen yeah and so if we uh if you're one of them and you're like man i really want to talk to these guys or get on the podcast or i know someone who's just got an incredible story and i think they would be good like you can reach out to us aaron and i are definitely i think open to that right and randy also paid us no (laughs) yeah Uh, but yeah, if, if that's the case, feel free to email us at that recovered podcast at Gmail. So are we done? Fuck yeah. All right.